new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. fans, welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined alongside, alongside Chris Trevino. We're going to be talking about this USC football team that is now 6-0, bowl eligible, heading into halfway mark of the season, and then the toughest game so far on the slate, going to Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Utes. So we're going to talk about all that and break it all down. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Dot com, or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. Please leave us a text message or a brief voicemail. We'd love to play it on the air. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, please leave us a five-star review, positive rating. All that stuff helps to grow the show. We got some new reviews I want to read in a second, but I want to welcome in Chris. You look uh, you look uh, a little tired there, Chris. So what's up? A little tired. Yeah, it's okay. But these reviews are going to wake me up, especially if there's a sneak diss at the bottom. I don't think there is one. I think there's a Did good Did you one. read these? Are you reading I read the- I pre-read these <laughs> okay. ones. Unlike last week, you weren't gonna get um, you know, um schnookered or whatever that was. Schnookered? It was a sneak attack or something yeah. that came in there. Um, but we are simulcasting this on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash uh inside Troy. So if you're watching us live, thank you very much for doing that. If you're watching the replay, that's really cool too. And if you're listening on the regular podcasting platforms that we always put up with uh, Spotify or Google Play or any of those. Um, thank you for that as well. So it's, it's, you know, this is a podcast, so it's normally just for the podcast feed, but we've started doing these, uh, video simulcasts and they've seemed to, uh, people kind of like them. So we are going to keep doing them questions. We'll get to at the end of the show. And we're going to do our questions that we, people have wrote in or called in or texted in. But also if you are watching live on YouTube, you have an opportunity to put a question in the chat box. If you put question in front of your question, I will start and then look back later on and uh go back and play it and stuff like that so um chris are you ready for the reviews born ready all right let's go we have a five star from mark judd great listen i work in santa monica live in long beach traveling on the 405 and complete traffic is thankfully manageable because of this podcast i love the team and their in-depth knowledge of the program keep up the great work no shot at long beach lbc there we go there we go he lives in long beach works in santa monica there we go uh, Gentryman18, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, survivalists Ryan and Chris place themselves in unique survival situations in each podcast that demonstrate how one might survive dealing with annoying Trojan fans that no matter how much better the team is, they find a way to complain about mundane issues such as special teams, towel guys, etc. 
I don't know if special teams are mundane, but whatever. Uh, with minimal love from our own, from their own fan base and obnoxious Oklahoma trolls in the chat waiting for Riley's demise, Ryan and Chris, time after time, show their aptitude to weave through the utter nonsense while preaching about how great Trader Joe's is. Hmm. I think that that encapsulates so much. It does. We're not hearing much from the Oklahoma trolls anymore, though. I'm not. Awfully quiet. Yes. Being three and three, one of the only two teams in the nation to be shut out so far, you know, um, to a rival. Yes, but you're probably not going to be talking about Lincoln Riley too much, or at least talking to us about it. You can talk eternally and say Lincoln Riley is the reason we stink, but you're probably not going to be, you know, tweeting or chatting with USC media people that have nothing to do with us anyway, but that's what they were doing before. Uh, ZWG55. This is for you, Chris. Put some respect on Chris T's name. Love the podcast, especially the episodes where both Ryan and Chris are on, like this one. Anyone who insults Chris needs their mouth and fingers taped shut. Chris is an absolutely a legend. Love Ryan and Chris's point of view on USC football. This podcast is a must-listen and watch. I Go Trojan. I absolutely wrote that one myself. <laughs> I was going to so, say. Uh, what you think of my brother? What do you think of my, yeah. I paid him $5. That's, hey, well worth it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm none the wiser, and I would have read it anyway. Uh, we got one last one, another five star. Two oh, it's from just a number. Uh, so it says, "Long overdue." Thank you. I've been listening to this podcast for years, and can't believe it's taken me this long to say quote. Thank you. I've enjoyed listening to Ryan Keeley, Dan Weber, Coach Hyde, Shotgun Chris for years, even when I couldn't stomach watching some of the games. More recently, I can't believe how much I've enjoyed the Composite Two Star Podcast. Finally, an outlet for Gerard to talk endlessly about recruiting with Chris. Uh, while Chris fails miserably to keep the podcast length brief. So it wasn't a failure for your part. just about you can't. I thought that was brief. going somewhere. I thought it was too. I thought I'm it like, was too. I'm like, did someone sneak in a dig and I missed it? Uh, looking forward to continued success. Wishing Dan and Keeley well. And looking forward to the first ever 24-hour recruiting podcast. That was a joke. And now it's becoming like a, it's like a, a thing. real thing. Oh. Ryan, people want us to go 24-hour stream. 24-hour stream? And yeah. The, hmm, that could be kind of fun. I, I mean, guess you would have to come on and fill, help us fill several hours. You would need like rotating, yeah, hosts. Now Gerard could just keep talking. He could do twenty four hours. Not, not necessarily hosts. I would just need some guest people to come on. Oh, okay. Just to like do a couple hours to wake me up. Nice. Splash okay. Water in my face, you know. But thank you for all those reviews. Those are really uh, five stars. Those are like yeah, like pump me up a little bit. So thank you for those. They do help to grow the show. So thanks. For doing all that, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's, as well, because they've been balls to us over the years. It's just been so cool. Um, great, great stuff. I brought a bunch of Trader Joe's snacks to um, uh, tailgate I went to this weekend. If you guys know the USC Psycho, Roy, uh, they do a big tailgate outside the Coliseum, so I stopped by. Shout out to Vic, who uh, cooked my um, ribeye perfectly. It was awesome. But I brought a whole bunch of Trader Joe's snacks, including these guys. So they're uh, organic elote corn chip dippers. And I, the reason I bring these ones up, I just had some for lunch, but um, the reason I bring them up is because our very first read, very back in the beginning, Chris, before you were even around, like we... Before we, I was born. Before, maybe not before you were born, uh, but this was like four or five years ago. Yeah, that was the first in the first read. I remember just saying elote a whole bunch of times, like organic elote corn chips. And then I got some and I, I I had them back then, but I hadn't had them for a long time. So how far you've come? Full circle. You were a young man then. I was. I don't know about that. I was probably still an old man then, but it was good. All right. Well, let's get to some 
some stuff. Uh, USC defeats Washington State 30 to 14. Um, yeah, cover the spread. Uh, defense gets a shutout in the second half. Travis Dye. 149 yards. 149 yards. USC, Girl man running. USC leads the nation in sacks. Tuli. Tuli Pelotu. Poof. Man. Three sacks. Four tackles for loss. Defensive. Uh, the, the, the defensive lineman of the week in the Pac-12 and the defensive player of the week in the Pac-12. If I got that, I voted. That's what I voted for. I assume he won. I know. Uh, <laughs> he won, right? And uh, yeah, and your buddy Nick Figueroa, a couple sacks for Two him. Two sacks. Not bad. Uh, we were talking about, and I know we got some suggestions on what we should do as far as like quick recap, because it's already Tuesday. And we've already had a practice getting ready for Utah, but I like, I like your... Uh, Take it or leave it. So maybe we'll do those. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to improv these unless maybe I, I – I, so I wrote a couple down Okay, because I'm a professional. And, uh, you know, so let me just stall here while I pull up my thingamabobber. I'll put up some some comments because we got some people saying hello to us. So okay. while you're doing that, I'll put those up. So, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for if you're in the chat saying hello. Um. Fatbank says Chrissy T always rubbing his eyes during the podcast. So Tuesday's a long day for us. Like I'm we're sleepy, man. We got a lot going on on a Tuesday, and it's like when before the show it was, and I had to do like a national hit for two four seven right before two. Chris brought lunch this time. Sometimes I bring lunch, and we're scarfing things down, putting up videos from practice, putting up instant analysis. Chris has watched some video or something, and then you know, boom. And then usually Chris has to do the two star afterwards, and I don't want to. Should we tell everyone, or we're not saying anything, or it's canceled? <sighs> no two star, like forever. Not forever, just this okay, week. Okay, yeah, no two star this week. Not my, not my call. Yeah. Gerard had some stuff to catch up on. He's very behind on some recruiting lists and all that, so he wants yeah. to catch up on that. So, uh, yeah, it's a canceled for this week. I know people are going to be yeah. going crazy. You can show me those comments later, <laughs> and you would never know I was rubbing my eyes if Ryan didn't want to do this live. But we I do videos. I can't. I can't, yeah. I can't not. Okay, let's get into this. Okay, I, I got it up. Obviously, USC. Damn it! Obviously, uh, USC <laughs> had a really good defensive <laughs> performance. Another one, strong second half, killed it. Second half shutout. So take it or leave it, Ryan. Yeah. USC through six weeks. Now that we're here at this point, USC is the best defense in the Pac-12. Uh wow. Um, I think I'm going to. Leave that okay. one. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it is the best fit. scoring defense okay. in the Pac-12. They have played the most Pac-12 games as well. Um, I think they played Fresno State when they were actually pretty good. Rice has turned out to be a pretty decent team. Um, I don't know about the take it for being the best defense, but they're they're up there. They're a lot. They're getting. They're not getting enough credit, and they're still not getting enough credit. And then I tell people they have the best scoring defense in the Pac-12, and they're kind of like, ah. Uh, uh, like Washington State's defense is like is real good. You know, Utah's not as good as we thought. I don't know if there's a great defense. I think you could certainly make the argument for USC's. And you know, t- talk to me after this Utah game. I'll talk. Oh, I'm going to talk yeah. to you. I'm contractually contractually st- obligated to talk to you. If they're still the number one scoring defense after this weekend, I will call them the best defense in the Pac-12. So you're saying this will be the final push. This will be the like. This will be like. I will say this is the best defense if they continue to be the number one scoring defense. That means, you know, they don't give up 30 to Utah. You know, it's more, if they give up like 21 or less, I will, I'll go with that. Okay. 
Yeah. Top three, though? Are they top three? Yeah, top three. Okay, top three. Okay. USC, as we know, had a really good sack performance against Washington State. Mm-hmm. Five sacks on uh, the game and have now pushed themselves into the lead with 24 sacks in the nation, number one in the nation. Ryan, you know how many sacks they had last year in 12 games? In 12 games? Did they have like 12 or something? Do you really not know how many sacks they had? I don't remember. Oh, okay. No, they're not 12. A little more than that. Uh, Like 15? No. They had 21 sacks. 21 sacks, okay. 24 in six games, so... So they're more well, than that. Well on their way to, well, they've already blown that number out. But yeah. take it or leave it, USC leading the nation in sacks is more impressive than the 12 interceptions. I'm going to go, I'm going to say uh, leave it. I think the 12 interceptions is more um, impressive. And Lincoln Riley kind of talked about that today at practice a little bit, saying that it's not just about the pass rusher guys. It's It's everybody. You know, you need... If people aren't covering, uh, if you're not, you know, chipping up a wide receiver at the line of scrimmage, whatever, to disrupt the play, you're not getting to the quarterback as much. So I think it's very impressive what they're doing. But the 12 picks, is uh, that's pretty impressive, too. Okay. I'm not saying one is not. They're both very impressive. But I would you, probably go on the picks. Side. You took every you took every one I threw at you last week. So uh, far, you're only uh, leaving it. So let's see if we can get one. Okay. Uh, Tuesday below two, as we mentioned, monster game. I believe that's his second game with at least four tackles for a loss, just three sacks in the first half alone. Just absolutely dominated uh, that Washington State offensive line. And he finds himself as the sack leader in the nation with seven and second in the country in tackles for a loss with 12.5. So just an outstanding first half of the season for him. Tui Tui Pelotu. Take it or leave it. Is USC's leader over Jordan Addison for a first-team All-American selection? Uh, I think so. We got to see. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll okay. take that one. Okay. Yeah, I think he's got the numbers. To, I mean, not that Jordan doesn't have the numbers, and he also has you know the reigning Bolitnikoff Award winner. He had a quieter game. Quieter game got banged up a got little bit. Banged, he and, he and he talked at practice, so that usually means like he's you can breathe easy. He's probably. Good to go for this weekend. Yeah, it's not like he was – if he came over in like a boot or something and talked to practice, he'd be like, oh. Because um, we saw like Shane Lee like with a cast right last week, right? And uh, At the game, yeah. Was it the game? He didn't have one in the practice. Well, last week in practice, it, that what he was wearing, you're yeah. going to get me shot, man. Huh? You're going to get me shot. Oh, we're not allowed you're, to talk you're, about you're this You're going to get me yeah. shot. We, can't, well, we, <laughs> we saw him at the game with a cast. He was wearing a cast at the game, yes. Yeah, yeah like a little cast on. Right. Which you can see on TV. So we're allowed to talk about that. Um, yeah. So You're banging on the door. I was like, don't talk about, don't talk about injuries. Uh, yeah. So I the, I think it was a good sign that he spoke uh, at practice today. I think he can definitely be up there and he's got the name recognition to go along with it. But just, you know, leading the nation in sacks, one of those things is like, that's going to get you. It's one of the resume points. Yeah. It's like, it's tougher for a defensive lineman, especially sometimes. You know, you maybe aren't getting the, um, you know, maybe you're getting more pressures. Maybe you're, you know, doing your job and you're you're going to grade out well. Like if an NFL scout's looking at it and like, hey, his job was just to contain here. It's not really to get after the quarterback, whatever it is. And like he does his job every time. That's harder to see. And that's harder to vote for or whatever you're doing award. This is not hard. Like 
Who has the most sacks? Thule. Like, that's pretty easy. Any of us could figure that out. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give him the, the net. So I'll take it. I hope he gets an All-American nod. I think he deserves to be on that All-American wall. Yeah. Considering, you know, kind of the, the season he went through last year and just kind of sticking around and being a guy for this uh, defense. Next one. Take it or leave it. Cortland Ford not getting the call for Bobby Haskins on Saturday when he went down briefly, which where they inserted redshirt sophomore, freshman, redshirt something. Mason Murphy over Cortland Ford was more surprising than running back Ash Austin Jones not getting a single touch on Saturday. So you're saying I'm saying Cortland Ford not coming in. They went with the young guy, the the not the less experienced guy, Mason Murphy was more surprising than Austin Jones not getting a single carry or touch I'm gonna against Washington State. I'm going to leave it because I think the Austin Jones aspect is more shocking okay. if that's the way that goes. Um, for Cortland Ford, we saw him you know, the previous week. Uh, just seemed like he wasn't quite 100%. Gets that holding call, and then they hold him out. Um, I feel this was more of a kind of like similar to um, I guess it was the Oregon State game where he just was, was held out, right? Um, so he's been held out, be- held out before. I feel like they kind of put him back in that category. Maybe they brought him back and he wasn't quite ready. So I think that's where that's going to go. The fact that Austin Jones, and you know, if you want to talk about, well, he he gave up a sack this one time. But I mean, this I, I think like Riley said himself, he's not taking people out for making a mistake. He mentioned that about Cortland Ford. Like he's a, as a younger coach, someone makes a mistake, you pull him out of the game. He would have done that then. He's not doing that now. So something's I, – I don't know if it would be an injury or just, you know, the fact that that uh, Travis Dye's been doing so well, they're just going to give him all the carries. I thought you'd see at least some snaps. We've seen some two-back sets before. Maybe we see some more of Austin Jones uh, against Utah. I'm not sure, but someone that was featured very prominently early on. He was running super well yeah. to start the season, like beasting. And he, now – Nothing. I just find that surprising. Maybe he'll be re-released this weekend, you know, against a really physical could. Utah defense. You know, Austin Jones runs hard, probably the biggest back they have in terms of uh, size and weight. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, maybe they maybe they use a little more number six. But it looked like he was playing because I believe he was on some special team stuff. Uh, I saw number six out there. So I don't know. I don't know. It's really it interesting. wasn't uh, Blackman. No, it was not Blackman. Okay. It's just really interesting, and you know, Shotgun will be able to confirm that. But I'm pretty confident. I saw him, you know, play on some special teams stuff. So I don't know if it's health. I don't think it's health, but it was just really interesting because I even tweeted out, "It's like has Austin Jones like not gotten a single touch this whole game?" Yeah, this is weird. But pretty crazy. The Corlin Ford thing is also weird because Lincoln was asked about that why they went with Murphy, and he kind of just his answer did not seem to me like. It was an injury thing. It just seemed like they wanted to play Mason Murphy. Yeah. He said, we we thought it was the right time. Like, we just thought that was the best decision. And he also meant some, said, I don't know if you picked up on this, but he said something about, you know, needing, like, to make tough decisions. Like, this is where they have to make tough calls or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. So I'm not really sure if it's like an injury thing with Corlin because he made it sound like it was, a, it was, he was hundred, he was a hundred percent going into, uh, yeah, we've seen the hundred percent talk though, right? Shane Lee didn't play. Like, we've Lincoln Riley's essentially lied about injuries, right? So we we can't really trust if he says, "Oh, this guy's going to play." 
So it's either two things. It's either Mason Murphy has jumped Cortland Ford, which seems surprising, unlucky, unlikely, or he's still banged up, which I guess seems more likely, but we don't know. It, it's yeah. just a very interesting thing to to put in the young guy yeah. over someone you know you said was healthy. So. Just something to keep an eye out for. And real quick, Mark was saying, um, why isn't Darwin Barlow played many, if any, snaps? Well, I mean, you're not even got Austin Jones in there. So yeah. it's uh, – that's a – I mean, if you're the number two guy and you're not getting snaps, it's going to be tough to be the number four guy and get snaps. Uh, I got two more for you. Okay. Uh, kind of based off what we saw against Washington State, USC fans are more concerned about the offense over the defense going into Utah. Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm going to leave it again. But I made you think about it. You did. Um, I think I'm going to leave it because in the back of everyone's mind, they've seen what the offense can do. They know it can be like score, touchdown every time. Yes. And they're they're slower to, to... latch on to the fact that this is a good defense or good at what it does. It's not a force a three and out every time defense. It's a, you know, bend, but don't break, be opportunistic kind of defense that I think complements this offense when it's clicking really well. And we've seen the defense step up and make plays when on a day when the offense would be rolling, uh, man, the team would just crush, but, it, we haven't seen them both at the same time where the defense is sort of crushing and the offense is rolling, except maybe like the Rice game when you're getting pick sixes all the time. Um, so, yeah, and maybe Stanford a little bit too. But, the, you know, Stanford still had some success. But we I, I, we haven't seen them both kind of go. But I, I still think that they are more reluctant to say it's a good defense. Um, if it's another game that sort of goes like Oregon State and the defense has to, you know, win the day in Salt Lake City – Maybe they'll they'll come around, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna leave that one. Okay, because it kind of feels like the offense in terms of like we're doing like a trending chart. Oh yeah, it's like the offense was like this flat, came up a little bit, and it hasn't been shooting as much, but still you know uh, going up. But the defense has just been a slow. Uh, what is it called? A steady climb. De- steady climb. It's just been nice yeah. and steady. Haven't quite caught the offense yet, but. Like you said, I think if the offense struggles again in Utah mm. and the defense has a similar performance that they did that they did against Corvallis, I think it officially will jump the offense. Oh. That's just what I think. Okay. That's just what I think. And I'm sorry I'm rubbing my eye. There's something in my eye. It's, it's okay. not because I'm sleepy. Uh, I can I'm sleepy. I, I do my like work. The, the other thing I do on Tuesdays, which is dumb, I have like an early morning workout like up at 5.15. So I just make the day longer than it needs to be, but it's like kind of when it works for me. But. I got one more for you. It's a little okay. fun one. Doesn't really bear anything on okay. this past weekend, but take it or leave it. Matt Rule will be coaching. Matt Rule will be coaching in the Pac-12. I think I'm gonna leave that one too. Uh, I think it would be great. Like Colorado, Arizona State, maybe Stanford. Stanford, you should you should fire your coach, Stanford. Um, but I don't. I think there's better jobs out there, and I know there's some people are critical of like how you know crappy he did in the NFL. But it's just a different animal, man. It's a different animal. He's proven winner in college, you know. And did it take Chip a while? And he's rolling again. Yeah, he's rolling again. Like I, I don't think you forget. He turned Temple around. He took over a 
absolute dumpster fire. Like what USC's four and eight last year was not what Baylor's team was when he took that over and boom, made him great, you know, and that's, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of been his calling card. So I think a lot of schools will go after that. I think a, a, a higher up in the pecking order school will take them. I, I think the Pac-12 tools would try to go after them. And the fact that they got their job open early probably helps, but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And remember, Nick Saban failed at the NFL level. He did. Urban Meyer famously failed. Oh, my God. So it doesn't always translate. Pete Carroll's like been the one guy, one of the one, one of the few that have actually had success. And he failed early as an NFL head coach. So, it, you know, and it, even if his failures early, like he, he was a coach for three years. He made the playoffs twice, you know, like so it was, he only got one year at the Jets, you know, I don't know. It was, that was kind of some of his like stuff. Maybe it was overblown, but all right. Good, good. Take it or leave it, Chris. Thank you. Thank nice. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now what do we do? We can... All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna study this Pac-12 schedule, and then I'm gonna get out of here. We uh, were at practice this morning, and a lot of the talk is about the environment uh, at the University of Utah. We got the uh, Pac-12 schedule. It's perfect. Um, yeah, it's tough. The, the last team, and I think you were telling me about this earlier. Uh, the last time Utah, you know, it's only they've only lost twice since like 2019, and uh, at home. And, you know, that was a top 10 Washington team that came in uh, to Rice-Eccles and got a win. But the USC 2020 version won there, but there were no fans, so it wasn't really the same kind of I don't of really count fight. it. Yeah, 2020 years, like, blah. And especially for USC fans, I mean, they won five, you know, went 5-0 and oh, and then lost to uh, Oregon. Didn't go to a bowl game or anything. So, yeah, I don't think USC fans count that one. But that doesn't really count. There's no muss. But it was funny kind of talking to some of the players today like I talked to Travis Dye, and he's played there a couple times when he was with Oregon, so he knows the environment. You know, Raylan Goforth, who's USC's linebacker, you know, USC uh, starting inside linebacker. He uh, he played at Rice Eccles. We got that win, but it was 2020 when there was no crowd. But he mentioned Eric Gentry, who played there last year when he was with Arizona State. You know, and so it's funny to see the kind of mix of people. I got to look and see if like I'm sure Brendan Rice has played. There, I'm sure Makai Blackman has played there. We we haven't talked to those guys yet this week, um, but yeah, there's dudes that have been Austin Jones, Austin Jones there. probably. Yeah, I was yeah I would assume so. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of a neat mix. Even if the USC players didn't get to see what that environment would be like, most of them because they you know didn't get to uh, experience it in 2020. Some of the other guys on the team were, and this being the second. You know, tr- tough environment. First one being Corvallis. You hope that they can learn something from that, um, but we'll see. But yeah, it's a uh, a lot of the talk this morning was about the environment. And just to be clear, you're not counting Stanford. Stanford as what? The Stanford Road environment. No, that's not a environment. Not, that was like you're, you're, more more USC fans. Then you're, you're not counting that. Just no. just to be clear, okay. certainly he's not counting that one. No. Yeah, I kind of feel like the X factor in this one will be how USC handles. The road crowd this time around, particularly the offense, because the defense really did not give an F about where they were playing. They seem to embrace that. So I think they'll be fine. This is a tougher offense that they're going to have to go against. We know Utah, very good at running the ball. Tavion Thomas, you know, 21 touchdowns last year. He hasn't played up to that level as he had that he did last season for their 
uh, conference championship team, but still a dangerous player. And you know they they lost uh, Brant Keithy. Is that is that how you say Keithy? Uh, Keithy. Yeah. Brant Keithy was a yeah. was a big weapon for them. You know they don't have they don't have like the downfield like they, attack. And they still it's have not big, explosive offense. They still right? have yeah. It's not that explosive. Uh, but Cam Rising is a stud. Cam Rising is a dude. They have a big. They still have big bodies receiving core. I mean receiving core. Uh, you know the six foot four guys. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, big big tight end. Munir McLean, former USC Trojan. You know he's a big body guy. So they have those big bodies that USC's cornerbacks and safeties are going to have to deal with. But not outside of Cam Rising. There's no like real dude. Tavion Thomas, if he starts playing the level he was last year, so it's going to be an interesting ba- uh, battle for this uh, defense. But just how that offense will handle a sold out, packed Rice Eccles. It's going to be loud. It's going to be jumping. Maybe not as like overly hostile as uh, Oregon State crowd was in terms of you know signs and stuff like that. We'll see. But I'm expecting it to be really loud, really maybe a little bit chilly. It's just going to be really interesting to see how these, this offense handles it. And as we know, the offense was out of sync. You know, Caleb Williams wasn't making those crisp passes. Footwork is off. Mechanics were off. USC passing offense a little bit off last week against Washington State. So we don't really know what we're going to get out of that. We'll know by the first drive what kind of game it's going to be. If they go down and score the first drive, okay, this is going to be different. But if they come out, you know, three and out, can't even move the ball for one first down, I think we're going to be in for, oh, okay, this is going to feel like more similar to Corvallis and it's going to feel towards uh, – you know, one of their their good offensive performances. Utah, you know, they got their their shit kicked in a little bit against UCLA. They did. And I know they're going to be coming out looking for a, not a get-right game, but they got to get refocused. And yes. I think they're they're going to look at that tape and they're going to be like, man, we were trash, but we're back home with Rice-Eccles. This is a USC offense that has a lot of weapons, but, you know, they can be stopped. We've seen them be stopped. And USC is looking at the same page. Lincoln Riley and them are looking at it on the opposite too, like, Oh, this was a good defense, but they got worked against UCLA. Let's look at what the way, what they did. And I believe it was Justin Dietrich or Brett Nilon who said, you know, based on the UCLA game, though, it's 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 a one bad game for a good defense. They were a good defense going to that game. They're going to be a good defense after that. You just kind of got to throw it away a little bit and kind of focus on the tendencies. But still. It's a game where Utah got exposed a little bit, and I'm yes. sure they're going to be looking at that to try to gain any advantage. So really interesting, you know, head-to-head, you know, an offense that didn't have a great game, a defense that didn't have a great game. Who's going to get right on Saturday? Yeah, and I think for USC, you're kind of waiting to get that offense clicking again. Um, that was a good, sure, certainly a good Washington State defense. Uh, they got a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams. Seems to be rushed. Uh, but they could rely on the ground game. And, uh, you know, in the road environment, maybe you're doing that a little bit more. Travis and I talked to this morning and asked him if he was tired. And he said, no, you know, 28 carries, it's a lot. Uh, he kind of laughed. It's like, no, and I could do more. So maybe you see more focus on that. And I, I don't know if Lincoln Riley was willing to do that as much before. Uh, even some of these drives that they had, I think they had four three and outs against Washington State, which just seems like a lot for this offense. But a lot of times it was like throwing a deep shot on first down as opposed to just running the football. You know, you run the ball, and if Dye only gets like two or three, it seemed like that moved the, the chains were going to start moving. Like you were going in the right direction. But then 
and you're throwing like a deep sideline pass or something on first down and it doesn't get completed. And it's just one of those things where it just sort of spiraled. And uh, I think maybe they'll rely on the run a little bit more. Depends on what Utah does. You, you know, they famously would do a lot of man-to-man stuff, and it might be tough to match up with some of these receivers. We got to see how healthy Jordan Addison is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good. I mean, I think it's going to be a tough test. I think Washington State's defense better than than Utah's, but they weren't in this environment. You're going to be playing against a, a good defense in a tough, tough environment. I believe Caleb Williams is number one in the Pac-12 in terms of completion rating when going up against man coverage. And he might be last or in the bottom when it comes to zone coverage. So perhaps Utah will be stubborn, similar to the Matt Fink game a couple years ago where they just played man the whole time and let Matt Fink chuck it down the field and get beat by USC's superb wide receivers. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they'll go a little more zone. Uh, But they got a really good cornerback in Clark Phillips, and that should be a good matchup with Jordan Addison. Mr. Pick 6 himself. Clark Phillips, a local from uh, yeah. La Habra. I know a lot of He's UC. got four picks and two picks. He's got sixes. five picks. Five picks. Is he five picks now? He has okay. five picks. He's tied for the nation's lead, and he's also tied for the nation lead in pick sixes with two. So yeah. that's going to be an interesting matchup. Him and Jordan Addison. Uh, I'm excited to see that one up close on the field. I know a lot of USC fans are probably you know, cursing the previous staff for not recruiting Clark Phillips. Because, you know. One of many, 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 many misses. mistakes. And yeah. Misses. So. Just on the recruiting trail. Like, that was. Yeah, you see that. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, a guy like Max Williams almost didn't wasn't going to come to USC. He wanted to come. He's like a stud. And the staff was like, eh, you know, he's too small, blah, blah, blah. Bunch of guys like that out there. And then they go they go somewhere else and they got a chip on their shoulder, you know. There's like an origin story to why, why is that guy so good against USC? Well, there's an origin story, you know, like a like a Marvel villain. Like there was like, oh, they're like the Joker version of that. Like they're, uh, you know, they were they wanted to go to USC. They were they, no one recruited them and they just now they have a chip on their shoulder. And their whole point of in life is getting revenge. So you hope you kind of avoid some of those. They're, they're going to happen. But when it's a stud like a Clark Phillips, and you're like, why did the staff not recruit him? Uh, what was the, um, the, uh, the defensive back up in... Oregon, uh, why am I blanking on his name? His local kid, his sister played like soccer at USC, and I'm blanking on his name, but he ends up getting drafted in the NFL. It was a, a DB. I don't. I mean, he had length. I don't. I'm not. And I'm, I'm blanking. Tommy something maybe. I can't. Forget, I can't remember. Um, Thomas Grant uh, was it? Thomas Grant. Thomas Graham. Yeah, I believe he was a USC commit. He was, and then the staff like dropped him, and they were just like, yeah, I think it was like a staff change or something, or I don't remember exactly what it was, but then they essentially dropped them. It's like, why? Like, it wasn't like a Max Williams thing. Like, he was small, you know? It was just like, yeah, you don't like him. It's like, legacy, I mean, or, you know, his sister is like playing here. He wants to be here. He ends up, uh, you know, going to the NFL, I believe. So, yeah, that's one of those things where you're just like, why? Mistakes. Mistakes that were made. Many Mistakes were made. Many, many, many. Every recruiting, every staff of every team always has misses. It just happens, you know? Sometimes... You know, you had misses, a guy maybe you should have been higher on. But it seemed like the USC staffs over the last couple of years have had a lot more misses than the, than the normal. Yeah. Than average. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, you want to, we could take a quick break and do some questions. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of chat about before we go into uh, all this you other stuff? You said we have a lot of questions, though. So. We might as well get to the questions. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break and we'll be back in a minute. 
Set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Chris, do you have a good break? Marvelous. Marvelous. Uh, but thanks for sticking with us, and we want to get to uh, all of your questions. Why don't we go start off with a voicemail? All right. Let's do that. Let me listen. Yo, this is for the flagship show of the Peristyle Podcast Network for the Tuesday Chris and Ryan show. Um, what did I say? Uh, is Eddie from Orange? I, I've been telling you all year, this defense is out of this world. I don't know who this Will Anderson guy is, but, uh, I don't know why he pretends to be as good as Tui. Uh, this defense is phenomenal. The refs try to, uh, to set him up to, uh, make him look bad. Um, they pulled it out. Best second half defense in the nation. Top 25 uh, defense uh, when it comes to allowing points. This defense reminds me of like Nate and Nick Diaz when they were younger. You know, they would go into a fight. They had to get bloodied up a little bit before they would wake up. But once they woke up, they would put the person out, just pounding them. And that's what this defense does. It just pounds you, gets tackles for losses, gets sacks. And got, you know, just a bunch of, of gorillas down there in the front seven blowing things up. You know, USC fans, they don't deserve this defense the way they've been treating them all year long. They don't deserve Alex Ruiz. They don't deserve Lincoln Riley. But sometimes it's not about what you deserve. It's what you get. And what we got is one of the best defenses in the nation. Eddie from Orange County. Eddie, bringing it, calling out you USC fans that are complaining about this defense. What do you think, Chris? Well, one – I know Eddie is a huge, I'm pretty sure it's the same Eddie that is a massive, massive composite two-star recruit uh, listener. So I'm sure he's devastated with the news today that we are not doing an episode this week. So I'm sorry to him and his family. But I do not deserve this defense. That's an interesting statement. Uh, I know know he's, uh, what I like about Eddie's voicemails is that he uh, always just goes a little bit extra than you know, being over the top. Yes. Just just a little bit, but... It's his style. This defense isn't out of this world, but it is a pretty good defense. Will Anderson is not doing a Tuli Tupelotu <laughs> impression, but Tuli Tupelotu is a beast. He is up there among the best defensive linemen in the country, even though Will Anderson is a generational number one type pick. 
But Chulitu Pelotu is playing. He's earning himself some money, certainly in the draft process, as a guy who could go earlier and earlier. Eddie is heartbroken, by the way. He just He's in the chat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eddie's in the chat. We just heard you from you, Eddie. He's the guy who wants four. He was the guy who was. 24 champ, hours? He, no, he was championing, 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 whatever. Yeah. He, he was pounding the table for the three hours. We did the three hours. Now he's pounding the table for four hours. Well, Eddie's not getting zero hours this week, so he's probably very devastated. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. He seems to be. Uh, he seems to be uh, devastated, which is fine. But I appreciate that. Um, but thanks, I agree Eddie. with what he's saying. It is a good defense, and yeah, USC fans are you know a little hypercritical about this defense because. Uh, but remember what they had last year. I mean, compared to last year, this is a top ten defense in the nation. Crazy. Crazy turnaround. Compared to what was going on last year, like, come on. And I do like the Nate Diaz uh, comparison. I don't watch a lot of USC, but my brother does, and he explained Nate Diaz a long time ago. He's a guy who just takes a lot of punishment. He's got an iron chin, but he will dish it out just as twice as hard. So that's been kind of his secret. You know, sometimes he'll get knocked down a lot, get knocked out, but he's a guy who will just keep fighting. Just keep fighting, and that's a good analogy for this defense. We got a text. Uh, what a win. Even if we were sweating for a bit, I noticed that Coach Riley has been strategically resting some key players in the past games leading up this game for Utah. He said the offensive line, if we can't comment on injuries, which is 100%, I agree with and understand, we've been able to open up plays and win in different ways. Is there, quote, another way to win that we haven't seen yet? Thanks, Peristyle family, and fight on. Um, the only way I can think of is straight shootout. That's true. We haven't like seen straight like straight shootout, like 45, 42 shootout. Just a just a bar burner. Mm-hmm. And USC gets the ball last with like two minutes left and they got a score to win. We haven't seen that. Nor have we seen the complete performance, I feel like. I'm not counting rice, but just like a a performance where USC's offense is just firing all cylinders downhill and USC's defense is like playing like Oregon State. Yeah. We haven't seen the complete uh, both sides of the ball. Those are the two off the top of my head. All right. Uh, let's go to an email from Roger Newport. You were criticizing the sideline assistants for their overzealous towel waving during games. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, I wasn't. People asked me. Yeah, Ryan. I was not criticized. Number one hater. I was asked my opinion. Not a huge (laughs) fan. The team is full of uh, so many newcomers that the question was whether Coach Riley could change the team culture and adequately develop a true brotherhood in so short a time. The past few years, there have been very little excitement during games and too many players were selfish. The towel waving helps those on the sidelines to cheer for good plays, even if they share the same position as the one who made the play. The selfless culture is confirmed all the time in post-game player interviews. Sincerely, Roger Newport. I think it's a stretch, Roger Newport. I think the the culture is great. Like the way they've – there was a question of how it would come together. I think Austin Jones would be rooting for Travis Dye without some dude waving a towel to show him. I'm pretty sure that's not a correlation. Um, Get what you're saying. We disagree with the premise. But that's just my opinion. Number one towel hater. Number one towel guy Certainly hater. Certainly not a number Ryan one towel hater. Publishersyoutube.com um, slash towel guy hater. Yeah. Uh, we got. We already got to stop the towel waving, please. 
comments. Uh, I'm not going to put up all the comments. I did this. I think I did this last week where we put up you some did? like positive ones. You did? Um, Blackie Chan, I love the towel waving. So we got some. They're about to start a fight in the chat. Some loving and some some not so much loving of the uh, the towel waving stuff. So thank you for that. But I would not say I'm a towel waving hater. I was just asked my opinion. Like, like if I would would I recommend that? I would not. Not not my uh, not my thing. Uh, Tim in Costa Rica Whoa. says, "I love the international questions." The defense again was the Trojan strong performer. Travis Dye is just a stud with a lion's heart. And no gloves. My concern is Caleb Williams continue, continues to be off the mark too frequently. Do you think there's a lack of consistent focus? He seems to act a bit nonchalant sometimes. Thoughts when Tim in uh, Costa Rica says nonchalant, as in on the sidelines, or I think he's talking about. And I've seen this. Um, I play like volleyball with some dudes that are like this sometimes. I'm not saying Caleb Williams is being like this. Um, sometimes you see like like the Kobe Bryant's of the world, like guys that just make it look easy. And it's just sort of like, looks like they're kind of coasting, but you know, they're really working, but they make it look easy. It's like a very nonchalant kind of attitude. So I think what he's implying is that Caleb Williams is sort of just like kind of cruising and not really like as being as intense. I've definitely played like volleyball and like baseball and stuff with guys like that, that are sort of would rather like look good making the play. Like they think they're like, I'm not going to like get down in the dirt and get that ground ball. I'm going to, you know, pick it and, uh, you know, and make, you know, make it look good as opposed to, you know, they're just kind of relaxing as opposed to just like diving for the loose ball, whatever it is, like where you're just, you're not, you don't care what you look like. You just want to go make the play uh, in volleyball, like, you know, diving for things going over. And some guys are just too lazy and they'll do like one hand stuff. And uh, so I've seen this before where you're like this, you could do it, but you're kind of doing it in a nonchalant kind of way. And I don't think that's what Caleb Williams is doing, but I think that's what he's implying, if that makes sense. Sure. But also, athletes, I I will never be able, I can I cannot comment on any athlete's sort of like mental process of how they, uh, how they process like having a bad drive or a bad game or a bad play or things like that. Every athlete is different. Yeah. You know, there's guys who will go to the bench and slam their helmet and not want to talk to anybody. They will not give out, you know, guys come up to give them hand, handshakes or whatever. They don't want to talk. They want to be alone. Right. But there's other guys who would just go and try to just, you know, walk up and down the sideline, shake it off. I've seen, I've been on the sideline. I watched Caleb, you know, maybe after a drive that doesn't go his way, he'll just walk up and down the sideline kind of by himself casually and then he'll re-engage with the team. I cannot comment on someone's, how they do how they do things you know he's he's been doing this his way this is how he handles a a bad series or a bad play or what whatever so maybe like like uh ryan was saying you know some athletes are just a little bit you know more laid back in a sense yeah i'm not saying he's laid back he's a very highly competitive person this is literally someone this is me literally as someone who has coached him in a sport, he's a highly competitive person, but I don't I don't want you to take like his nonchalant body language or you know I, I again I don't know if he's like referring to like in a play or in a huddle or on the sideline or in an interview. That's just his personality. He's he's a very kind of cool and laid back kind of guy, and I I don't think that really 
you know, plays into, you know, having an off game, whether that's, you know, throws that aren't being that aren't connecting. And, you know, some remember some of those were, were dropped. Some of those were not yeah. all on him. But I understand as the quarterback, as a guy who's touted as a Heisman guy, there's going to have a lot more uh, criticism, pressure, uh, eyeballs, whatever on him. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think he's being too nonchalant that, that that's kind of what's affecting maybe him being off at times. Remember, he's still a young quarterback. He is very young quarterback. Um, I don't think he's just trying to look cool out there. I think he's trying to. I'm trying to look cool out there. It doesn't we're work. all yeah, we're all doing it. Um, let's see. L.A. Transplant wrote in quick notes from the game. So not really a question, Chris. Uh, but he says Tule's one quick notes. Yeah, Tule is a real deal. Yeah. Yep. Two rush offense is legit. Yeah. Hard to disagree. Three UCLA fans still non-existent mm, for the most part. And four Stanford is still but very very. Very true. Finding a way, you want to find a way to, USC is trying to find weird ways to win games. Stanford is pulling out all the stops on how to lose games. Interesting, interesting. Where, how could you lose this one differently? Could you give up 18 points in the fourth quarter, a team that misses three, three point, you know, two point conversions and scores with 13 seconds left um, from 50 yards out? You want to do that? Yeah, you can lose that way too. Um, It was, an epic i mean they cooed that one away like that was stanford cooging it i can't wait for tanner mckee to become a dude in the nfl and just make it look all that worse yeah you're gonna be like this guy's gonna go back and look at the season and be like what What? why were they so butt like why that you had tanner mckee how were you this terrible i think my official stanford will make a bowl game prediction is like dead in the water predictions have not been my thing this year no, you've been bad. So, yeah, what did we bet that, that we're going to make a bowl game? Lunch. Was that, I guess okay. I kind of bought you lunch today. So, that doesn't count, though. <laughs> He's going to want Nobu. Yeah, I want Nobu. He's going to be like, I want Nobu. I want uh, Nobu, but then I want the garlic mashed potatoes from yeah. Mastro's. And yeah. I want, okay, something like that. Um, also, all those were tickets for us, I believe. I think we took them all. No leaves. We didn't leave any of those. We took them all. Uh, Jeff, uh, he's rugs 86 says Ryan and Chris That's for us. Uh, first, thank you for all you do covering the team certainly makes following the team more enjoyable. Well, that, that honestly, like that means a lot. Like we are doing this because people enjoy following the USC Trojan football team. And we try to enhance that. And when, if, if this makes your experience following the team better, what we're doing, that's that's cool. I love that, Chris. I say we just end it there. We should just end don't, it. Don't even get the question. Question for you uh, and all Trojan fans, really. The narrative is that our offense is amazing and our defense is solid at best. Halfway through the season, SC is fifth in the Pac-12 in scoring offense and first in scoring defense and fourth if you look at yards per game. I'm crazy. Am I crazy thinking our offense is not as great as we believed and our defense is much better than we give them credit for? Thanks from Jeff. I don't think the offense is not great. I just think it's above average right now. Mm. You know, I don't I don't think it's like elite. I think it's can be great, but for the most part it's pretty good. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like the category it just comes and goes, but for the most part if we're averaging it all out, it's like pretty good offense. And remember there are some high-powered offenses in the Pac-12. Yes. Like UCLA scoring points. Washington was going bananas with point scoring. Not anymore. Not anymore. But 
You know, they were up there. I, I, Utah, I believe, is number two or something. Utah up there, up points. Yeah. yeah. So there's some some teams in the Pac-12 that are putting up points. So USC, I think, is keeping pace with those guys. Maybe not as much as UCLA in, in some regard. But I would say a pretty good offense. And I think the defense is underrated. Yeah. A little bit underrated. And I think maybe after this week, we'll see. This will be a real test of where – because we've circled this game as being the one that's going to tell us the most about – I think we've learned a lot from other games, maybe more so than we thought. Yeah. But this one's going to be the one to be like, okay, what have we learned through the first uh, five weeks? How's that going to play out in uh, Salt Lake City? What are we going to learn new about this team? What are we going to see as being not true? What are we going to see as being true? I think all those things will, will happen on Saturday. Uh, our buddy Eddie in Orange also sent in a text message. He's in the chat. He sent in a voicemail. He also texted in. He'll probably, yeah, he probably commented on one too live. Uh, what happened the last two times Utah played a mobile quarterback? What happened the last time USC had a mobile quarterback? Matt Fink versus Utah. USC is 2-1 and one in the last three games, including a blowout on the road. USC by 10. Eddie in Orange calling his shot. We already said that road one doesn't really count. Right. That's still 1-1. Still... That YOLO game for Matt Fink. Um, the Matt Fink game, yeah. Yeah, that just was wanted to play one. man against Matt Fink, and USC's receivers were just better. Yeah. Just better. They were way better. They were, yeah. That was a very stubborn defensive call that was a mistake from the very beginning. Roger in Newport, just a thought. If USC handed towels to student section oh my and led them to, with time to wave the towel, so they, they told them when to wave the towel, the waving might be more uh, organic than contrived. Uh, fight on a fan who knows nothing, really. And then, I'm sorry, that was uh, that was an unsigned email. He didn't want to okay. he didn't want to say his name. Then Roger from Newport, along the side, he says, "You were criticizing the sideline assistants for their overzealous towel waving during games." Yeah, Ryan. Oh, I'm sorry, we already read that one, right? Uh, I'm sorry, that was the one we already read. My apologies. So it was another towel question. The students, the, the one. Student, just, yes, my apologies. I do not like it. I do not like it, Sam. I am. I, that you know, like that, that feels more him. that feels contrived. It's like here, it, all right, Trojan fans. I can just hear it, DJ Malski being like, "All right, Trojan fans, wave those towels for a third down." I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Will will not. I am anti student towel. Tell them when to uh, in live studio. Press the button to applause. Uh, towel waving. Okay. I am only sideline towel guys, team sideline towel guys. I'm going to give a shout out to the real uh, D-E-G-G. He's going back to class. So he's, oh. he was watching for a while. He had to go to class. Is so. he leaving? I want to know what class it is. He's uh, still there. Tell me what class it is. What class is it if you're not? Uh, yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you've not left already. Um, all right. So there was another towel thing. We got an email from Tina in Los, Los Angeles. Uh, so question for this week. She even gives the date so we know when the question is. So very, very uh, uh, appreciate that. Learn something from We're learning a little bit. One, is this considered a redshirt year for Damani Jackson or is he injured again? Uh, from my eyes, he looked pretty good. So that's the first one. I do not believe it's a redshirt year. I have to check how many games he's played in. I believe it's two. two yeah, so he can play up to four. We'll play up to four without it being a red shirt. But it sounds like he's going to probably play in more. But although we didn't see him, right? We have to, we'll have to check. I, I don't remember seeing him against Washington State, so we'll have to check. We'll probably do a red shirt report soon with who's played and how many games so far. So yeah. we'll, we'll, that's probably a bye week thing. Um, but right now, I 
Don't expect him to redshirt. I feel like he might get a couple more I kind of think so, so, too. Yeah. Maybe it was just a matchup. But you're right. I mean, they were playing like a lot of dime. Mm-hmm. And he didn't play against Washington State. So yeah. you're like, huh. Uh, maybe they play more on the road against Utah. We'll see. Her second question, Tina's second question, do you think Corey Foreman would be better off at one of the linebacker positions? Thanks and fight on. Fight on, Tina. Thanks. No, because, I mean, I know he doesn't have a sack on the season, but uh, Corey Foreman's potential as a pass rusher is much higher than him as a sort of middle-of-the-field linebacker. Okay. That's where I – and I don't feel like I, I don't think I've seen him. It's not like I've seen him play like this in seven on seven or like at Corona Centennial. I've never seen him play like middle of the field linebacker. No. I just don't. That's just really He's hard. He's always been kind of like a rush. Yeah, that's, that, kind of it's very hard to go from like being a rush end defense, down defensive lineman to linebacker. It's obviously it's much. Damn it. Obviously, it's easier <laughs> to go from linebacker to like obviously defensive line like Solo has made. Or even Stanley Tauafu, the Tongan Terror. He was a linebacker in uh, in high school, and they put him at the D line. So much easier to go from the middle level to the front as opposed to the front to the middle level. Yeah, there's just more spatial awareness. You have more responsibilities and coverage. I just I don't see it. Yeah, he's he's a rush end. He's a pass rusher. That's where you keep him. Hold on, we have some. Uh... Breaking news. Uh, the real D-E-G-G, Architecture 205. Wow, this so guy's thanks. smart. Yeah. Fun fact, I almost became an architecture major. Really? And then I realized I suck at math. <laughs> would you would be... never want to be in a building I produced. I'll tell you that right now. So shout out to someone who's good at math. Yeah. Man on the moon, kind of a following up to your to Tina's question. Foreman needs to put on more mass. Tackling mass. Little tackling mass, yeah. But if you want to play linebacker, you probably didn't do more mass. All right, a couple more, and then we'll get to the chat questions. Um, during your most recent Peristyle podcast, you and Chris spoke about how it gets a bit tiring recapping the pre. Oh, this was the. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. This was the the update thing. Let them hear it. Okay, read it. Let's so here's see what the they think. the idea. I was like, where did I put that idea? I put it right in the stock, so that's good. Basically, an idea for our recaps. You know, we do the take it or leave it. He says on special teams. He goes, um, he says, maybe you should shorten the recap and answer in a similar style to how Coach Riley summarized special teams thus far. He says, as special teams, quote, kickoff has had some good games and some bad games. Kick return is a, quote, disappointment. Field goals have been, quote, really good. Punting is a, quote, strength. And punt return is solid, quote, solid. Basically, give adjectives or a brief couple of words to summarize the offense, defense, and special teams performances for the game. He goes, I'll go first. So this was for Arizona State. He said, quote, offense back on track. Defense. Uh, let's try to have a second half performance become what's seen all game. And then special teams, hands teams need a bit of work. Um, so it's like taking, it's like a tweet length review. Yeah. I think, yeah. So more of a, like 140 character, the old yeah. Twitter, 140 characters, or even less than that. Um, so a few descriptive words. Yeah, we could do something like that. I like to take it or leave it, but that goes a little long too. Hey, watch it. Um, Keith uh, wrote in. This was from last week, so it's kind of outdated. But he went. He PS'd and said, "Chris, I wish you clean up your language a little bit so I could listen to this with my kid." I think for the most part we have fairly clean language. There's going to be a, a swear word or two every once in a while. How old your kid? Yeah. I'm Wait, not is sure. this a comment or is it? This was his PS. Like the question was like uh, an older one. Yeah. 
Oh wait, to the to the Arizona State. Yeah, he. Would, this was a post Arizona State mm, question. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, the, the, I feel like I only curse like maybe once a show. More people could tell me I really don't. Uh, I yeah. I think if it's one of those things, like I was listening to another podcast that, like a Pac-12 one, and there was just a lot of swearing, and I get it. Like that's that's a prominent part of the show. I would not say that using an occasional curse word is a prominent part of our show. It's just something that would be mixed in there a little bit. And uh, I only use a curse word when it underlines my point of what I want to say. Yeah. All right, we got a lot of. Uh, I've starred way more questions than I wanted to, but we'll we'll I'll try oh, to rapid get through fire? these. Yeah, we'll try to rapid fire these. Cameron, uh, what are your thoughts on the Desert News article by Kyle Whittingham? Um, was it Discreet News? What was that? By Kyle Whittingham on his distaste for the transfer portal and for Coach Riley. Do we have the exact quote? Or I don't just... have the quote on me, but. And there was a lot of, um, I think there were some Utah fans in the chat and there was a lot of NIL talk. Just for the record, like, USC is a, um, you know, big school, Los Angeles, Hollywood, all that stuff. If you're Caleb Williams, if you're a superstar, if you're Jordan Addison, you're going to get a good NIL deal. Like they're the top guys are going to get NIL deals. It's not an NIL factory. Like they're not giving everybody money. They're trying to, you know, there's a, a, a booster run collective that's trying to do that um, to give all the players money. So if you think this is like, oh, everyone's getting million dollar checks, like that's not, USC is way behind the curve on the NIL stuff. They happen to be in a good position with, you know, they got the Boulevard thing going. If you're a superstar, you're going to make money being in Los Angeles. That's a good thing. But if you're like, you know, a, a, like a stud offensive lineman like Andrew Voorhees, like, you know, the odds of you getting some kind of, you know, Beats headphone deal like a Caleb Williams are, you know, it's pretty slim. And it's not like what you've seen at like Texas A&M and Tennessee where recruits are getting paid big money to go to a school. Like USC is just not that way yet. Maybe they'll get there, but they're behind the NIL curve, if anything. If that makes sense. I think you hit everything. Do you agree with that one? Yeah. All right. Uh, better recruiter. This is from Amir. Dante or T? So he's talking about Dante Williams, T. No, T. Higgins. T. Martin. T. Martin. Why T. Higgins? I think because the guy I played this week has T. Higgins. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, this is a question I probably should ask Gerard the next time I yeah, see him. Yeah, he might. Gun, gun to my head, I'm saying T. I think I'm going to go T. Just gun to my head. Yeah. Just gun to my head. But both are really... Um, but they're like right there. Right. I'm just, it's like this, but I'm just going a little bit. I love the avatar here. It's a dog, uh, a, a, cow, uh, a lassie dog. What are those? Collie? Collies? Border Collie? Border Collie, yeah. Uh, dog's life in Portland. To get to the playoffs, which positions are the most concerning to you? Which what? Positions. So. Oh, like position groups? Yeah, I'll probably go offensive line just because I think. Depth, yeah. You know, there's. Definitely concerns there, and you can say Caleb Williams hasn't looked as good, but some of it is he's running for his life a lot of times. Linebacker, if they can't get more Shane depth, back, yeah, yeah. But yeah, some of those, I think those would probably be the the focal points. Um, but yeah, if they, I think you get the offensive line right, you can make the, like making the playoffs one thing. Like you're going to need rebuilding of both lines, like everything, if you're going to try to be a competitor in the playoffs. But you can make the playoff. You know, with this roster, I think. Uh, this is from Augustine about the towel guys. Uh, 
Who do I got to talk to to get more towel guys on the sideline? Talk to me. Yeah, I don't know. Waiting um, for that NIL ta- towel deal. Yeah, get one of those. James says, can you talk about the uh, what needs to happen for USC to end up in the Pac-12 championship? Can they lose to Utah and still make it? They certainly can. They certainly can. Yes. Uh, but if you want them to get there, beat Utah. Yeah, no more divisions. Um, it's going against your record. There'll be some head-to-head. I think if it's like a tie, like a three-way tie or something, like then you would see um, – I think it's going to be like how they're ranked in the college football playoffs, but I don't believe they've announced that part yet. Um, but, yeah, they certainly could lose to Utah and still make it. You just have to be in the top two in the Pac-12. Big game, USC-Utah, big game the following weekend, UCLA out of Oregon. So, essentially, like four contenders right now with Oregon, USC, UCLA, and, uh, and Utah. Um, Anthony, question – should the elevation be a concern um, uh, with the offensive line rotation? Has that been addressed by Riley yet? We didn't talk elevation this morning. I always forget about elevation. Yeah. I think it's at some concern, but most of the time, every time we we talk about it, players seem to kind of downplay it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just extra running. We'll do extra running. A little conditioning. A little extra conditioning. That's kind of what they've – the standard for Utah week when they go there. Yep. Andrew – Says, uh, is Travis Dye the MVP six games down? Like team? Team MVP. I mean, I go Thule I, or Travis probably. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like those two. I mean, Caleb obviously is, is in there, but you could talk me into it. Like if they gave Travis MVP, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I see it. Question, player of the game predictions for this week. Player of the game. I am terrible with predictions, so you don't You're want any. so bad. <laughs> Who's it's worse, the... my prediction offense or Stanford? Um, Stanford. Okay. Stanford's worse. Thank you. He, off air is going to say no. It's you. I mean, as as I had to think about it for a second, which should concern wow, you. Wow. I'm 0 for 15. The last three weeks? Or 1 for 15. Or maybe 0 for 10. I think I'm 1 for 15. Yeah. That's uh no bueno. Um, MVP. Let's see. Um, oh no, Travis uh, Die, player of the game. Yeah, I think Die's a pretty good. Because if and the environment's going to be tough. If they do well, it's probably going to be because Die's running well. Run so. game susceptible for you to run defense for you to yeah. susceptible. So yeah. This one's a longer one. Let me see. Did it fit in or did it get cut off? No, it did. From John, uh, John Walker. I wonder if this is our buddy uh, Jay Walk. Um, one thing that you could always count on during the Pete Carroll era was when they played their best in the biggest games. Do you see this team stepping up their game in a similar way? I don't know if they've played their best, but they've showed metal, like they've showed uh, resiliency um, when things have gotten tougher. And then, you know, people are like, oh, who, they didn't play anybody. Like when they played Oregon State, they were undefeated. They were on the borderline of getting ranked. When they played Washington State, same thing. They were on the borderline of getting ranked. They should have been 5-0. and They had lost to Oregon, blew a lead there, um, and handled their business in both of those games. So, you know, I I think that's I think it's fair. We can say the defense certainly played their best at Oregon State. Yeah. In in a game they really needed them to. That is true. So yeah. I think we're confident the the defense can show up. Will the offense show up? That's kind of the the question. And 
you know, you can make the case that maybe they were not looking ahead, but this is a game that everyone's had circled, Ryan. You've yeah. had circled. Everybody in the chat has had circled. This is the one. So it's going to be interesting to see how they have processed that game in terms of, hey, this is the one. This is the one. This is like the pre-Pac-12 championship. This is the one that gives either one of us an edge going forward. So this is the one you got to bring your, uh, you got to wear your big boy pants, Ryan. All right. I think we got one more from Ryan uh, Harvey. I've noticed that the players, um, oh, I think he's, I think he corrected himself, are not reviewing plays on the sidelines like we see in many NFL games. Is this not something that's typical typical on college sidelines? So I think they can, I don't think you can have a, uh, TV. Yeah, like before, I think before in the NFL, you could only do like, they would like flip through still photos or like mimeograph thing or whatever. Now they have like tablets and they can look at stuff. I don't yeah. think they do that in college, right? I don't think they have anything like that. I think the most you can do is like talk to the. Yeah, you can talk on the, the headset. Box. Yeah. In the box. Um, it's funny because high school games, you can watch every play. Yeah. Um, we got to do Andrews. He says, what what Trader Joe's food would you feed Eric Gentry to gain weight? Oh. Mm. Brookies. Those brookies are good. Oh, my God. There's a lot of calories in those. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I would do those. Pasta? The uh, I like a lot of the fresh pasta that they have there. Um, so, you, you know, but... They're kind of like individual portions, so you probably put like three of those together for him. Grab some of the sauce, grab those frozen meatballs, put it all in together. That would be a good one. Carbo load, get him some stuff. All right, um, I know we have a few more. I think we're going to wrap things up, but thank you guys all so much for uh, writing in, for listening, for calling in, for putting in the chat, watching us live. We appreciate all of that. You don't have to do all this stuff, so thank you for doing it, taking time out of the middle of your day or whatever you're doing to Go check back it out. To work. Go back to work, you live YouTube people. No, we don't discourage them from watching the show live. You know, we're not like we don't. I mean, it's about the same time every week at least. But we're if not, enough people s- stop watching this, we won't do them anymore. You and know, I can yeah. yawn without uh, being called out. Being called out. That's the goal. Yeah, Ryan. That's true. Oh, we had a comment. JoJo's cookies. Those JoJo cookies from Roger. Yeah, those are good too. Um, so many good things in the frozen now. Just get a bucket of the. The peanut butter chocolate um, cups, man, those are good stuff. All right, well let's uh, let's uh, wrap things up. It was a fun show, and hope you guys all uh, enjoyed it. Chris is now checking out the Pac-12. What are accomplishment schedule. points? Oh, that's like his. He does like advanced metric stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you want to show the camera, like the? You gonna zoom in? Oh, uh, just yeah, you can start. yeah. So that's. Uh, we get we got it from one of the Pac-12 Podcast of Champions listeners. Uh, Andrew does these eye charts and make fun of them all the time, but the, the schedule is pretty cool. And then he yeah he has some metrics that he accomplishments points or something like that. But yeah, so we do that one out. I'm so not yawning behind this. Not yawning behind it. Definitely um, not. All right. Well, for Chris Trevino and the uh, the schedule, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. 
This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.